person one loves person two guess what shenanigans ensue person one hates person two guess what still shenanigans ensue person one fake dates person two guess what you guessed it shenanigans ensue co-host one reports a co-host two the name of the show shenanigans Hello, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Jane. And welcome to Shenanigans in Sue. A podcast where a big part of being an adult is being bummed out. A lot of the time, really. Great, I'm super excited. <laughs> yeah, so much fun. <laughs> Each episode, we'll watch a rom-com and discuss its merits as a member of the rom-com genre. We'll cover well-worn classics, hidden gems, and everything in between. We'll give you our unsolicited opinion on every trope, caper, and flim-flam the film used or maybe abused. And of course... The, the shenanigans! shenanigans. shenanigans. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh my goodness. So for this week, Jane and I are striking the iron while it's hot, hitting something fresh and new. Yeah, hot off the presses. We capitalizing, baby. Yeah, yeah. We are doing your place or mine. That's right. In this rom-com renaissance, we get a new rom-com featuring Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher. Both (laughs) actors who I love and love their rom-coms and i'm so happy that we are getting a rom-com renaissance i'm giddy giddy there are so many new rom-coms that are coming out this year and so many all-star casts yes it's amazing and i don't know if jasmine and i were like tuned into the universe i promise that we don't have any connections in Hollywood. We didn't know any of this was happening. No. When we decided to do this podcast. Yeah, we were just feeling some kind of way about the state of the world and needing something light and fluffy (laughs) to make it go away. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm totally honest. And I guess a lot of people needed that too. And that's why we're just getting all these rom-coms now. And I am here for it. And back to like a classic rom-com style. Mm. Jean and I were discussing this and we're going to try to hit something from the early 2010s soon because I think we've totally missed that time period. <laughs> a big reason why is because you're looking at the Judd Apatow knocked up style yeah. of rom-com. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. It's not bad. It's just different. And it's not as cheesy mm-hmm. and whimsical, empty calorie yes. and fuzzy. It doesn't make you feel quite as gooey inside, which is the feeling we're really looking for. Right, and I need a little goo. So I'm really excited about this one. I'm really excited for the tone they hit. I can't wait to tell you guys about it. Yeah! Let's hit that plot synopsis. After a one-night stand in 2003, Debbie and Peter are still friends 20 years later. Debbie is all set to go to New York City for a week to visit Peter and complete her degree. When... Suddenly, her babysitter gets an acting gig in Vancouver. Peter is between clients and offers to watch Debbie's son in LA, so Debbie can still go to New York City. Shenanigans in zoo! Yeah! <laughs> and it's so good. Just right off the bat, oh gosh, it starts off so hot setting the early 2000s scene. Yes. Please, I feel personally attacked, but also it was very funny. <laughs> I felt so targeted because I was yeah. doing quite a few of these things in 2003. I see myself in this intro Woof. and I don't know what I did to earn this attack. But <laughs> And this is 20 years ago, which Oof. my brain does understand that is old and dated, but my body is just like... 20 feels oh. so big yes. and it doesn't feel like that long ago. Not at all. What Jasmine is talking about is we have the whole opening montage between... Debbie and Peter hooking up, but the effects on screen is personally attacking all of us by saying, it's 2003, how can you tell? (laughs) And they're making note of what he's wearing, what she's wearing, Mm -hmm. the whatever. Like, they're just teasing all the way through, and I was just 
dead. Okay, so for him, one of the ones that they do is a little, like, chain on the wallet. Classic. And then when they got to the part where she had too many layers of shirt on, I was like, you assholes. Did you find my old photo albums? With the, like, tank top that hangs out. And some, do you remember the ones that had lace at the bottom? Yep. For layering. What were we thinking? Layering your shirts was so popular, they actually made shirts that looked like they were layered, but they weren't actually <laughs> layered. Do you remember those? You had some, right? I owned one of those. You 100% did. I knew I it. I remember it was beige and white. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, what am I doing wearing beige? I'm so beige as it is. Yeah. It did absolutely nothing Same. for me. <laughs> but wow, so much of this movie was so fun. Yes. I don't even know how somebody makes a rom-com where aside from this intro setting the scene of their mm-hmm. relationship over the 20 years the two leads are not in the same room for the entire film yeah until like maybe the last five minutes or so and i think this was why it was so crucial that we had that opening montage and like seeing them get together at the top mm-hmm. so we can actually see the chemistry. And this is what we were kind of talking about in Fool's Gold, where it was like we needed to see that so the rest of the movie makes sense. It's true. This is a perfect example of what was needed in that film. Yeah, 100%. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking about it because I'm still salty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's too fresh. They also did an incredible job continuing to build the relationship and the stakes between the two of them over the course of their phone calls and video chats. Yeah. I was impressed. The chemistry was really good. And it was such an achievement given that these actors are not on screen together. And the fact that they can still achieve that amount of intimacy and chemistry was quite amazing. Jasmine and I were both speculating and we said that the other actor would have had to be off screen, giving the lines. In any other movie, an actor who's on a cell phone is doing it solo. Yeah. And maybe somebody off stage, not the actual person they're on the phone with, is saying the lines in between. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, you're just doing it in a vacuum. But I don't know that it would be possible with this film. Or no, I really don't think it would have been. Not for as much, maybe for one or two conversations, but not for an entire film's no. worth of telephone calls. No, I, I just don't think that it would have worked if they did it like that. Because oftentimes if it's really short or if there's no availability, then you will just be speaking to dead air into a phone. Like there's nothing there. And it's so fascinating because acting teachers will say... You know, don't use monologues where the actor is talking on a phone. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to do those scenes. It's very hard. It's so hard to have stakes on a phone and the person's not there with you. Yeah, because you're getting nothing. You're getting nothing. So literally doing an entire film's worth of romantic chemistry in that format is honestly an achievement. I I don't even know what to say. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, therefore, that our theory has to be true. Yeah. I can't imagine Reese and Ashton doing their scenes just off, like, a reader or something like that. It just wouldn't have worked. Seriously. And we kind of have a tale of two cities. We do. Debbie is in LA and Ashton is in New York and then they switch. It is so funny. I When they're on the phone call setting up the plan for the house swap, mm-hmm. I thought they might see each other, but they really did just set it up where he's a last minute replacement babysitter. So she's, you know, sent the kid to school and she's off. Yeah, I really thought that maybe he'd turn up first and she orientates him and then she leaves. Right. But we really don't, they don't see each other until that grand declaration of love in the airport which was phenomenal but we'll get into that oh my god i just got goosebumps again being like how is that so good (laughs) (laughs) so good okay getting off track i already want to go into the shenanigans so we need to hit those tropes hurry let's do it (laughs) (laughs) we've got Friends to lovers, a dramatic declaration of love, a dash to the airport, hooking up as young people and then becoming friends, switching homes with someone, a meet cute, and meddling in your friends' careers or lives. 
Okay, I, I can't wait. Like, I was trying to, to wait, but, like, we have to talk about the airport scene. Okay, well, let's just Sorry, that's what we have to start. We'll just have to dive into it. Sorry, not sorry. Rushing to the airport. Due to a lot of things that have gone on on both ends and they're coming to discoveries throughout the course of the movie, we end up at the end with Reese Witherspoon's son is suddenly whisked to the hospital with a hockey injury. It's mild, he's fine, but she panics. So she's rushed back to L.A., and Ashton was instructed to leave because he bungled it so badly. Mm-hmm. And they catch each other <laughs> at the airport in passing on the moving walkway. Which is just an added layer that was fantastic. Oh, how has nobody done something like this before? Maybe they have. I don't know. I don't think so. It was so good. She's on the phone with him. They're angry with one another. And then he's like, hello. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? And he's like waving as he passes. Passes her on the other side. Because they're going, going in the opposite, opposite directions. directions. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie's just arrived from New York going home. And Peter is going back to New York because Debbie is just so angry with Peter. She's just like, go. I don't want to see you. Just just go. So they spend a solid bit of time arguing back and forth, just walking in the wrong direction. People are on the moving walkways and literally giving them dirty looks because they have to, like, walk around this person walking the wrong direction because they're trying to stay in somewhat sync with one another. (laughs) And people are like, it's an airport, you know, so people are trying to get their flight. It's a stressful day. Get their bags. And these two are just having this fight. They're having this terrible fight on the moving walkway. And then at the end of their sort of little mini fight there, they just kind of give up and they start walking in the appropriate direction so that they can get off. Mm -hmm. And then they have to swing back around into the center area between the two walkways to meet back up again and finish the fight. I wrote down in my book, moving walkway scene, all caps. And then I wrote down, Laughing, embarrassed, crying. Like, I don't know how to feel right now. I felt All the emotions. everything. I couldn't stop laughing, but I was filled with shame and embarrassment for, like, this public fight. <laughs> and also just being in people's ways. As yes, a New Yorker, being in people's way. there's Oof. nothing worse than being in somebody's way. Mm-hmm. Like, don't stand on the left side of the escalator. You stand on the right side of the escalator and you let people walk up on the left. Yeah. Like, there's rules. And so them being in everyone's way was really uncomfortable. <laughs> and I'm crying because they're finally declaring love for each other. Like, yes. I'm dead. <laughs> That was one of the more beautiful declarations of love. Because sometimes they can get a little bit too cloyy. Yeah. Or out of the bluey. They can feel really saccharine. Yes. And it was just really beautiful and genuine. I think a big part of that is the fight. Yeah. They were legitimately pissed at each other. So mad. It was like end of the friendship kind of fight. It could have been. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the poker chip. <laughs> Oh, right. Uh, It's honestly one of the best public declaration scenes I've ever seen, both in like terms of the comedy of it all and Mm -hmm. just the touching quality of it all. 100%. And what I also like, I don't know that I've seen this, is that you see the aftermath Mm -hmm. after, you know, they have the big declaration of love and they kiss and which then... he fully lifted her off the ground for yes. the entire 30 second zoom out which i loved because the height difference <laughs> amazing Aww. and then it cuts to 15 minutes later and they're like figuring out how to hold hands and like are we hand holding that people? was so cute it was really sweet and then they zoom again to six months later if i remember correctly yeah and it's all of them living together in the really cute little bungalow in california Very cute. and there's little writing so you can catch up on what everyone's been doing in the six months and at the very end the screen says and they lived happily ever (laughs) after and then it goes jk marriage is hard (laughs) but they were pretty happy but they had a good life yeah like (laughs) those moments honestly make me so happy i'm always like happily ever after is bullshit it is like jk marriage is hard is literally that was very funny (laughs) (laughs) so satisfying if we want to hit some of the other tropes before we just like jump into the many shenanigans i am dying to talk about 
<laughs> I know, Jane, that you're not the biggest fan of A Friends to Lovers, but what was your opinion on this one? I really enjoyed this one. Look, my hesitation sometimes with the Friends to Lovers thing is when it's not clear why no one has said something, mm. where it feels overly one-sided yeah. and you're like waiting around for this person like a little puppy dog like it's not an equal yeah. relationship or you're putting this person up on a pedestal yeah or it's like you've been so nice that you feel that they owe you you know it's like that discomfort around what the trope can sometimes be yeah but i thought this one was really well executed and it's even in the plot as to why they didn't pursue a relationship it was just timing yeah. but it was clear that it was timing and i really appreciated a lot of the ways that they handled that because it's hard to sneak that kind of backstory in without it being so expositional yeah but building it in slowly throughout the course of the movie mm -hmm. I think the first glimpse we got was when he offers to come watch her kid yeah Ashton's character Peter says something to the effect of are you kidding me I'm offering to do this you don't owe me anything I owe you so many things you picked me up from rehab twice let me do this for you. Yeah, which is already indicating he was in rehab twice. So yeah. his life was also not necessarily in a good place. And that their relationship has a foundation of trust and respect and gratitude. Yeah. And then what I also appreciated was the way that Debbie realized that she's in love with Peter as well. Yeah. They didn't do this sort of like oh, I think I've been in love with him from the moment I met him and I was just too scared. She's still thinking through it. She's sort of had that realization when she finds his mementos that he's kept all these years after saying that he doesn't do mementos. Yeah. It's not even just that they built it up over the course of the movie. Yeah. She admits to the fact that she really liked him. She wanted to be with him. Yeah. And he was in a place in his life where he was ghosting women. And so... He wasn't emotionally prepared for a relationship. She really liked him, but didn't want to be weird and clingy, so she moved on. By the time Peter has gotten his life together enough to realize that he wants to declare his love, she's not only married, but now she has a kid on the way. Yeah, it's just kind of built in that he had the intention of doing something about it, but the timing just didn't work out. Yep. And then he moved. Timing and timing and timing. They have this really beautiful thing they call back over and over with the move being because he's scared of earthquakes. <laughs> as the movie progresses, you start to realize earthquakes, quote unquote, is he's scared of his love for her and that he can't watch her be with other people. Yeah. And so he's removed himself so he doesn't have to deal with the emotional fallout. It's honestly in the reveal of all these little pieces is such a slow burn. It is. Very impressive. They did a good job of having that foundation of 20 years of a relationship. So with that opening phone call on Peter's birthday, it's really clear that they love each other. And the way Ashton Kutcher just does the smile with the look in his eye, it's like Jasmine and I were texting each other and like, oh, he's in love with her already. Yep. He's in love with her. It's so clear. <laughs> his girlfriend at the top of the movie knows. Yeah. And so she breaks up with him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was a fascinating discovery right at the beginning. We find out very early on through Minka, who is just a gem. Ah, uh, love Minka. And Minka basically says that Ashton's character, Peter, never stays in a relationship longer than six months. I wonder why. I wonder. <laughs> Just the cast in general is so stinking good. Yeah. Reese Witherspoon's character, Debbie, has a very good friend slash like neighbor or fellow mom at the school, Alicia. And Alicia pops up and I'm like, is that, is that Tig? <laughs> I was like, that's Tig Notaro, who is like an incredible stand-up comedian with this incredible history and just kind of like broke the genre a number of years back. Super cool to see her in this movie and also just love her humor anyway. It was really fun. And we've got, oh God, Zen, Steve Zahn. Oh my goodness. What range in my head because I just binged all of White Lotus in the last few months. <laughs> in my head, he's, you know, the dad from season one and he's very serious. Yeah. And now he's out here playing this balls to the walls character Zen. Independently wealthy <laughs> surfer. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> That's like the 
first thing Zen says when he introduces himself to Peter. He's like, hi, I'm Zen. I'm independently wealthy. So I surf in the mornings and in the afternoon I work in Debbie's garden. I honestly, there's something very funny to me no matter what. (laughs) This is a little heteronormative of me, but there's always something comical to me about a weird flex but okay bro dick waving contest between men. (laughs) Zen is clearly doing that to Ashton's character because he's been hooking up with Debbie and wants Debbie to fall in love with him and knows that Ashton is a threat. So, like, this little (laughs) scene where he's like, yeah, bro, like, I'm here, so what you gonna do about it? The subtext? It's very funny to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Zen. Just, like, hanging out in his sarong. Yes. Making Ashton Kutcher really uncomfortable. Seriously. And we got Jesse Williams. Are you kidding me? Oh, my. He is so sexy. That man can smolder. Seriously. Seriously. I'm at a loss for words. Did you watch Grey's Anatomy, girl? Oh, yeah, I did. Okay. Not all the way through, but... But enough that you... But enough that I experienced We got that him. smolder. Yes. <laughs> it's fine. You don't need to keep watching. He leaves. Oh, and well then. We are sorely lacking in smolder now, so... Oh, are you still watching? Good for you. Uh, yeah. I don't know many people who, who kept on for so many years. No, I, I actually had never watched it, and I ran out of content over the summer and watched all uh. of... It. Oh, so you fresh. <laughs> I was fresh. I stopped watching around the plane crash where like a bajillion people die. Oh, yeah. And that was, I was like, yeah. I'm tapped out emotionally. Wild. How, how much Grey's Anatomy have you watched in the past few months? <laughs> Be honest. I watched the whole thing in the last year. What? Yeah. Oh, girl. Okay. <laughs> it was about a year ago that I started it, but I went through the whole damn thing, including like the current season. Like, what a journey. <laughs> what garbage. I can't stop. It's it. Honestly, we've gone off the rails here. I think we need to focus yeah, totally. back up. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Jesse Williams. Okay. Um, yes, I don't know how much <laughs> we don't need to talk about in, my but... weird addiction to television shows. Thank you. No, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> the point, point circling back, I think we just got too distracted by Jesse and seriously so to calm ourselves down. We had to go on a bit of a tangent. But that moment, when he flicked the ribbon off the champagne bottle (laughs) and that was so hot i was so floored (laughs) it was so (laughs) it's like how did you make this sexy i have no idea he could make flossing look sexy this is true (laughs) i think this is probably the most we've gushed or like swooned over an actor because we usually rein it in quite a bit but my goodness but why bother i was warm he's one of the sexiest people it's just, it is what it is. If he hasn't won <laughs> the sexiest man alive, I, I don't know. Then the fix is in. Anyway, let, let's let's focus on. <laughs> yeah, all of these characters are incredible. Yeah. Every single one of them is so much fun. And Minka is a queen. Zoe Chow, I you absolute queen. Minka. Zoe, even when you weren't in focus or entirely in frame she was chewing the scenery and i couldn't stop looking at her honestly the reactions was amazing okay so i'm just going to make an executive decision move us into the shenanigans yeah let's go and i would like to start with the minka shenanigan um (laughs) when reese witherspoon meets jesse williams character and they have this incredible meet cute at this like fancy social club Mm. they finish talking everyone's going out to get in cars and (laughs) debbie is bungling the interaction theo (laughs) asks for her number she's kind of flustered and minka grabs the phone out of Reese's hand, shoves it in her face yes, to do a face unlock, and then enters the number for her. I was like, girl, are you kidding me? Queen. Queen. <laughs> a face unlock? Dead. I loved it. She can't stop being hilarious. I love And we have a bit throughout the movie where everyone is going on with Debbie about the fact that she doesn't have like a four wheel case and everyone calls it the same thing. And I've never heard. Every time somebody bothers her about her luggage, they say, (laughs) you know, they make spinners, right? Uh, It's spinners. That's what it was called. I couldn't remember. I've never heard that. Yeah, neither have I. I have one of those. But who calls it that? Who knows? Do you guys call it that? Let me know because maybe I'm an idiot. No, I don't. If you're an idiot, then I'm right there with you i've never even heard of this is it regional if you're in the midwest do you call it spinners <laughs> can someone help me 
Is it L.A.? I don't know. Is it movie shenanigans? It gets Maybe movie, movie shenanigans. shenanigans. <laughs> they had to find a name for it so they could have the joke. I don't know. And at the end, Minka buys her a freaking Louis Vuitton, Vuitton. wheel case. Other favorite Minka moments. Okay, super obsessed with towards the end. Minka goes to help with Reese's date by bringing in some dresses. Girl <laughs> lives literally in the building. She's not far. She comes in with a stack of, what, 10 dresses, but she runs into the apartment out of breath like she just finished a half marathon. Like, she's panting. She's hyped. Where did you come from? Why are you breathing so hard? <laughs> Relax. When she takes Debbie out for drinks, Debbie's like, oh, I feel really underdressed. I feel like I don't belong here. And Minka is like, yeah you don't belong here you have to be someone or know someone to get in and i'm both and neither so you're fine (laughs) she's so great everything about it even her meeting reese's character and the immediate friendship that they form yes honestly i vibe with that energy like mika has shown up at ashton's apartment looking for a booty call only to find that debbie is staying in the apartment and so mika is just in an oversized like zipper hoodie with nothing underneath and is very frank about the fact that there is nothing underneath and why she's come and so like it's very very funny and i'm and she's not even like entirely disappointed she's like oh okay and just rolls with it she's like oh my gosh you're the debbie yeah he doesn't stop talking about you And then also, like, I love the high level of meddling. We can blame Reese's character for the manuscript debacle, but who tells her there's a manuscript in the Mm -hmm. oven? It's Minka. (laughs) Just the phrase, there's a manuscript in the oven. Okay, I don't know if you noticed this because this made me laugh so fucking hard. When they go to open the oven and the manuscript's in there. And then they do a close-up, like an over-the-shoulder of either character while they have a conversation at the oven. And they they had to have put a light in the oven to punch up the lighting because they're literally having this conversation and the only light for the scene is like the orange oven light. And it's very, very funny. I know that the lighting department did that on purpose and I see you and I appreciate you. Um, (laughs) So good. Did you have any other Minka moments? I can't think of any. It's just, oh, oh, wait. When Minka goes to meet Debbie at school and she asks Debbie how her day was or whatever and Minka says something to the effect of, I'm so glad I'm I'm done with school. After I got my PhD, it just wasn't worth it anymore. Along the Her line. PhD in a mathematical <laughs> something or other. Like she's a genius, but she just parades around light as a feather. Yeah. I really, Jane, I wish for you as many Minka moments as your life wants. Aww. And I the same to you. Thank you. Minka moments, everybody. Yes. <laughs> I think we need more Minka moments in our lives as a whole. Yeah, a character to live by. That's the kind of energy we should all be trying to channel. Mm-hmm. Supportive, present, and unaffected by others. What a queen. Beautiful. And then, oh gosh, since I don't want to miss this. So Reese Witherspoon's character, Debbie, has a son from her first marriage and her son, Jack, played by Wesley Kimmel. Can I just say, Jane and I have talked a lot about how kids are not represented very well in movies. They're Mm. either too saccharine or maybe if you do an Adam Sandler, you end up pushing them into the just terror category, which is funny because it's closer to the truth, but it's still an over-exaggeration. But Jack, they wrote this character and Jack played this character like a real damn teen. It was perfect. Because you heard his sulky moodiness, but also super sweet and vulnerable Yeah, and not getting Peter's humor or references which was really funny really funny it felt like a a real teenager with all the angst that goes with it yeah and that the stakes they built him are a little extreme he's allergic to way too many things but <laughs> everything everything 
But, you know, you can see the product of his mom's helicopter parenting. Mm. Well, Ashton calls it saran wrap parenting because she tries (laughs) to build a bubble around him. And he's struggling at school with making friends. And he's having a hard time with a lot of different things. He wants to play hockey and mom won't let him. There's... An exchange that happened, which was both the funniest thing and also made me extremely emotional in a way that surprised me. (laughs) So Jack is having a heart-to-heart with Peter. I think they're talking about that Peter doesn't plan on, you know, having kids and something to the effect happens where Jack says, oh, because you'd be good at it. And Ashton's character is like, oh, thanks. And then Jack says... You're weird at parenting, but you don't suck. And the you're weird, but you don't suck is honestly as nice as teenagers get. Like, it was the nicest. It was so sweet. He wasn't being flip. It's very sincere. He wasn't trying to be funny. He sincerely is just trying to say, you're really weird, but you don't <laughs> suck. And I was like, oh, my God. I wish someone would tell me. It's just, I got really emotional for Ashton's character. It was such a dumb thing to say, but, like, there you go. That's teens for you. Yeah, it was such a nice button on the week that they spent together and i really appreciate the fact that they built in that it wasn't a immediate connection between peter and jack yeah like jack is kind of tolerating peter's nicknames and it was really beautiful to see their relationship unfold yeah honestly so sweet to the point where jack asks peter where are we going what's next which is a callback to how Peter gets broken up with yep. his girlfriend from the beginning that was and rough. kind of happens throughout the movie, which is just extremely funny. I spent that breakup at the very top, jaw open wide. Me too. Flawed. He really bungles that. But I guess that's the point mm-hmm. is he's emotionally unavailable. Yeah. Let's talk about the shenanigan of them switching homes Ooh. because they set that up really well too that debbie's home is messy and full and a little bit cluttered yeah but warm yeah there's a lot of warmth whereas peter's home is very sterile expensive yeah all these expensive glasses that still have the labels he never took the stickers off dead he doesn't cook well the the manuscript in the oven is a giveaway that he doesn't cook and very impersonal. There's no photos. There's right. No... He doesn't knickknack. He doesn't memento. And so her later discovery that he has a Manila envelope mm. of knickknacks and mementos from their years together as friends. This is very sweet. He almost missed his shot. Yes. He came so close. I think if she had not discovered that stuff. Yeah. Actually, if Rachel Bloom had not disappeared for her acting job, Ashton would have been there. Yeah. And she never would have found the trinkets. No. And she would have possibly still met Jesse's character. And that would have probably been it. Yeah. I think this was his last chance. Yeah, it was. And it was also because she lost her denim jacket Mm. somehow. I don't even remember that. Yeah, she lost the denim jacket and she was bending down looking for it. And that's how she finds it under the nightstand, which like, what a weird place. Oh, yeah. To hide stuff. Isn't your rumba going under there or something? <laughs> but she finds it and you're right. That's the reason why she realizes, oh, I love him. I could have seen her very easily making a long distance thing work with Jesse. Like she probably would have married him. Or move, honestly, like sell the house, move her and Jack to New York. Yeah. Because because the thing is as well, Peter is in New York, so she has a support structure and Minka she's just become friends with. She has this amazing opportunity for a job that would pay well, that is in a field that she actually likes. So it 100% makes sense. And Jesse also has a 13-year-old son. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And it's just amazing. Yeah, honestly, what timing. Mm-hmm. I, I think she would have moved. And I think that if she had moved, Ashton would have found a reason to move again, too. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Mm. Aw. So Debbie leaves Peter a bajillion sticky notes all over the house. Oh my gosh. I wrote down, the post-its are excessive, much like Zen, the gardener. (laughs) 
<laughs> and every single one of them is labeled urgent. <laughs> if all of them are urgent, then none, none of, of them, them are, are urgent, girl. That's not how this works. <laughs> it's like levels of urgent. <laughs> but she did do one that was really cute and yeah. I'm going to probably try to implement in my own life with the post-its in the bathroom. That was very cute. Each post-it has one word to make a sentence basically saying, thank you, I appreciate you. It was lovely. It's super sweet. Which was a nice balance after all the overwhelming post notes in the other parts of the house. Right. Because Peter comes in and sees the post-it on the bathroom mirror and he's like, you've got to be kidding me. And then when we see that it's actually really, really sweet and it's no instructions. They paint such a beautiful picture of their very different lives. Yeah. The setup at the beginning is so fun. It's almost a montage, but not quite. Kind of. Where you see the different rooms of their house and how they start up their morning. Yeah, just the contrast of that. Yeah, and then they continue that contrast through a lot of the phone calls. Him having a bath in her tiny bathtub, her having a bath with a view (laughs) of the bridge. It was very fun to watch. One of my favorite shenanigans was, and now we have to return to talk about the (laughs) earth. We'll try to control ourselves. I don't promise (laughs) anything (laughs) i'll try then (laughs) i don't think i'll succeed anyway focus jane focus so theo and debbie are on this date and after the date they're walking along the is it coast if it's a river we call them like river walks there we go and debbie is talking about her favorite quote And it's in reference to the Brooklyn Bridge. And it's this whole beautiful moment. And he's listening to her. And then Theo's like, you know that's the Manhattan Bridge, right? And there's this moment. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was was testing you. And then he says, ah, uh uh-huh. Did I I pass? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. You passed. I knew that. I wanted to make sure you knew that. (laughs) Oh, speaking of that moment, by the way, that black dress stunning oh my gosh minka slade i don't typically like a black dress i find it dull i don't wear a lot of black dresses i find it funerally like it just reminds me of funerals oh yeah Uh i don't know i just feel like there's very little pizzazz in a black dress i like color yeah i like color too but this black dress That neckline, gorgeous. I wrote down in all caps, that dress, and then I wrote next to it, classy cleavage, which is really what I'm looking for in any dress. Mm. I need to find me more dresses with classy cleavage. (laughs) She looked stunning. Stunning. Uh, And after seeing her in so much denim and so many like mid-calf length skirts, like it's not unreasonably glam. She looked so incredible. Yeah, Minka fully slayed. (laughs) What did she call it? When she came in with the 10 dresses, she was like, I was thinking black because you're definitely a midwinter. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, girl, way to come in with like a, you need a tan, but in a nice way. I'm so dead. I need Minka energy. (laughs) So we've spoken quite a bit about the chemistry between Ashton and Reese, mm-hmm. but the chemistry between Jesse and Reese is, is also so good. Really good. That banter. If I'm being totally honest, he's a better match for her. Yeah, practically. I don't even know what to say, aside from the fact that they have an entire history and he's yeah. kind of built into her life in a very different way. <sighs> Theo is is an incredible match for her. Their meet cute is so charmingly awkward. So charming. And then just charming. And they connect. They connect in a real way. Yeah, because they're talking about books and he's like, there's no way you've read all of the publishing house's books. The one that he works at. Yes. She says, no, yes, I have. And then he starts to quiz her and they get into it. He gives like a two sentence plot. And she's able to name every single one. Yes. It's super cute. It's amazing. (laughs) And then Theo eventually is like, okay, there's no way you've read this one. Like one person bought it. And And she's the one. His response is like, (laughs) that was you? It was lovely. It was really, really great. And he's genuinely a total doll to her. Yeah. Even when she approaches him with a manuscript, which Mm -hmm. is a real tension Mm -hmm. moment. You shouldn't really do that. You're like, oh, did you approach me because you wanted something from me? He still is very kind about it. Yeah. Actually reads it and is like, oh, 
she's right. She wasn't just Mm -hmm. trying to play me. And then tries to set her up with a career in editing at a different publishing house just in case there might be a way for them to date because he didn't want to deal with work dynamics and power dynamics and honestly just could not have handled it more elegantly. He thought of everything and was sweet about it but not in a patronizing way and then fully respected the fact that this is a lot jesse played this so well the line between Mm -hmm. i'm so excited to be giving you this offer but at the same time i understand that it's a lot to take in and you need some time to process this yeah because his connections are in new york and so he can't help her with an editing job in la The way he sets the boundary as well when Debbie goes up to him and tries to hand him the manuscript, like he turns it down so nicely when he's like, I'm sorry, I can't accept unsolicited works unless it's from an editor, you know, but he's not mean about it. And then Minka saves it. Yes, because Minka's (laughs) a boss. A total boss. (laughs) love to see it as far as a love triangle goes nobody was a bad match which Mm, was honestly mm -hmm. refreshing no one was disrespectful yeah nobody crossed any boundaries there was no relationship prior she was just trying to figure out how she feels yeah independent of their opinions it was beautiful and the way debbie rejects theo and the Mm, way mm -hmm. theo receives that rejection it was handled really well really beautifully done all of them class act everyone Mm. no notes Pitch perfect. Do you have any more shenanigans? I mean, I don't really. It's so funny because I feel like we didn't talk a crazy amount about shenanigans. We talked a lot about specific characters. But the movie is just filled with laughter. I think because the characters in and of themselves are so specifically quirky. Yeah. That the shenanigans are coming from the characters. The character personalities are all very precise. The people who played these characters could not have switched, right? No. Zoe could not have played Tig's character and vice versa. No. They're so fleshed out. It's very impressive. Oh, just a quick, I see you crew, I see what you're doing, was the running thing of Debbie's plant cocktail. Just this fruit salad of a cocktail. I really want one of those. It looked great. Delicious. It looked like a botanical gin drink, that's my guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when Minka says to Debbie when they spot Theo at the bar and she's like, Oh, let's go, let's go and talk to them. And Debbie's like, Oh, should I should I bring my plant with me? I forgot. Yeah, that was so good. (laughs) That killed me. It's just so small. It's so tiny, these details. But I was like thinking, someone needed to come up with this. Someone needed to be making these ridiculously plant-like cocktails. And I see you. Yeah. I appreciate you. They built it into the script and someone truly delivered. They did not half-ass it. Mm -hmm. They didn't garnish it like a Bloody Mary. They made you a little secret garden in a glass. (laughs) I wouldn't know where to to begin to drink that, but I would love every second of it. (laughs) I know. Sip, sip, sip. And then I would literally be asking for a fork so that I can eat everything inside. (laughs) I'm not classy. (laughs) So yeah, I don't know what else I could say. I, I loved so much of it. So I guess we could just move on to fun fab fail. Yeah, let's. I think we have a differing of opinion again. We do. I can go first since... Okay. Yeah. So for me, this movie is a fun. I was thinking a lot about why it doesn't go into the fab category for me. Because like I said, I love... Ashton Kutcher, I love Reese Witherspoon, I loved so many of these characters. There was a lot to love in this movie, but I didn't find myself laughing out loud as much. And I really couldn't figure out if it was something to do with the pacing of the movie as a whole, whether it was to do with the pacing in some of the scenes. What I think I finally kind of settled on as well was the fact that the chemistry that they can achieve despite not being in the same quote-unquote room together was amazing Mm -hmm. i kind of missed seeing them together ah that's super fair and building that tension and the connection and the chemistry and and playing off each other more in person like yes it was amazing what they managed to achieve but i somehow missed that and so in many ways it felt almost like i was watching two movies Mm. like separate movies that they're having their own little journey 
And then what I kind of think would have been interesting to see was it play out kind of more like the half remake of Four Weddings and a Funeral. Okay. Where you sort of see different characters on their journey and then different events happening from different characters' perspectives and then coming together kind of thing. And so I think that's why it's not fab for me because I missed some of the quintessential rom comness of it and yeah. them having shenanigans together. Like in some parts it felt them being off on their own separate journeys. But I still think it's a great movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I think the performances were wonderful. Like there's a lot of love about this movie. But for those few reasons and some other things, I just couldn't push it into a fab. That's super fair. That makes a lot of sense to me. For me, this movie is a total fab. I would prefer to rewatch this movie over even like a bunch of others that we've watched so far. Oh, wow. I really, really loved this movie. Mm. I felt like tonally it was a very different monster, right? There's a part of me that feels like it doesn't feel like a traditional rom-com. Mm-hmm. I'm a cheese queen. I like campy movies. I love corny, 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 cheesy, cheesiness. <laughs> That's something I do truly love. And this movie is not that at all. No. It's entirely grounded. It's very intentional. I think for anyone else who this might be a good touchstone, Tig Notaro is in this and it feels right. If you're familiar with her comedy, just, I don't even know if Jane knows this, but she was doing comedy for a while and was fairly successful. But really what blew her up was she had a set where her mom had just died of, I believe, cancer, and then she got diagnosed with cancer. Oh, sure. So Tig did an entire set about the sadness of it and how people asking to help is so bullshit and and she was irritated and like stop with your platitudes and it was funny and sad Mm. and it was heartfelt and it meant something more than just laughing for laughter's sake Mm. and that's what this movie feels like to me and I love and appreciate movies like that that the world is messy and that timing is a thing And that you can still find moments of comedy and joy. Hmm. That, for me, is why this movie is a total fab. I laughed out loud a ton. I felt like they were being honest with me. And we still ended up with a somewhat happy ending, even if it was messy. Yeah. Which I super appreciate. And so I just cannot say enough nice things. I truly loved this movie. Oh, that was a really beautiful motivation. <laughs> so yeah, that's my overly saccharine. Oh uh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Which means that we are now at the best time of the show oh yeah (laughs) our absolutely favorite section give Give me the the cheese cheese, please Ooh, ooh, soprano (laughs) (laughs) i love a soprano please oh shucks (laughs) you went a bit high so i went high but my range anyway anyway, i'm an alto i'm an alto it's okay Okay. Okay. Let's do the segment. Jane and I both really struggled on this cheese oh, because this movie is uh, is hard to describe. Yeah. I changed my cheese twice. I changed my cheese 10 minutes before recording started. Yeah. <laughs> Jasmine was doing some last minute research. I needed some fine detail work. I was close. Fine tuning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Three, two, two one. one. Cypress Grove Truffle Goat Cheese. Oh my goodness! (laughs) This is the closest we've ever gotten. Wait, what was yours? I said a goat's milk camembert. Ooh, we got close, we got close, we got close. Okay, we're almost there. so close. Uh, Okay, so I went first on the last one. Yeah, you did. I remembered this as well. Because you double cheddared, so (laughs) I went first. This is back to back. Oh my gosh, we're so close. Jasmine. Yes! We're getting there. We're getting there. We're we're we're, we're, okay, we're okay. getting there. Okay. okay. <laughs> goat's milk common bear. I personally love a goat's milk cheese, but I didn't say the whole thing because it would have been too long when we announced our cheese. But I'm looking specifically at a goat's milk common bear when you are expecting a cow's milk common bear. Mm. So this cheese is delicious. It's creamy. It has all the good qualities of a regular common bear, but For this entire movie, there was just something that was like a little off to me. I was like, why am I not enjoying myself as much? Why am I not laughing out loud as much? Yeah. Something just doesn't feel 
entirely right. And I can imagine someone going to a party and there's a charcuterie board and they're like, oh, camembert. And they bite into it and something just tastes a little bit off. Yeah. And this person that I'm imagining, when one sort of ventures out lightly into other cheeses beyond our cheddars, our goudas, hodas, cream cheeses, you know, and they start venturing out a little bit more. Right. The first stopping point would be a brie or a camembert. So this person's looking at the cheese board and he's like, oh, I recognize camembert, but it doesn't taste like the camembert you're familiar with. And it's just a little bit weird. Right. But it's still creamy. It's still gooey. It's still delicious. <laughs> it's still wonderful cheese in and of itself, but there's just something a bit like and that's my reasoning. Yay, I love that. Yeah, thanks. So I knew I wanted to do a goat cheese for sure. Interesting. But I was trying to figure out how to... Okay, so I chose Cypress Grove truffle goat cheese. Sounds divine. It's so good. So I knew that I wanted to do a goat cheese. I was trying to zero in on exactly the right kind because Mm -hmm. I felt like just saying goat cheese wasn't enough. What I ended up doing is I looked up goat cheese really quick and I remembered that Cypress Grove makes one of my favorite goat cheeses of all time. It's called the Humboldt Fog. It has an ash center layer and it's in a rind and I'm probably going to eat some later tonight. And (laughs) (laughs) it's one of my favorite cheeses of all time, but it didn't feel right for this movie. Mm. Something about this movie, like you said, it's a little off. And it's, for me, off in a way that's not a deal breaker. So I went with Cypress Grove Truffle Goat Mm. because the thing that I love about Cypress Grove, it's a lot of goat cheeses. They're in rinds and they melt at room temp. They're a creamier goat. So the edge around the rind starts to melt at room temperature. For me, that was kind of like how this movie was creamy and soft and, and filled with heart and filled with love. It wasn't as cheesy as a sharp cheddar, say. It was just gooey and comforting. And then I went with truffle specifically because it's such an earthy flavor that Mm. almost makes it not a cheese anymore. It's so savory. And for me, this movie was so grounded. This was not an over-the-top campy moment. This was very grounded in reality, and all of the characters had their role to play, and they were very dropped in, and everybody was just also divine. Mm. But it was just such a different thing. It's not a cheesy, cheesy movie with sharp wit and a laugh a minute as much as it's really just... Like, a bit gooey, a bit soft, a bit more grounded than your average rom-com. So for me, this has to be a Cypress Grove truffle goat cheese. I love that. I think it's really interesting that we both chose goat's cheeses, but it kind of reflects our rating of mine being a fun and yours being a fab. Yeah. So mine was a more generic goat's cheese and yours was and an I elevated one. That's really cool. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Who knew that comparing movies to cheeses would work so well? <laughs> it was a gimmick we came up with yes. and it's actually working really well. <laughs> it was just a silly little bit that we wanted to do. And, it, and here it is. Here we are. Also, part of what made me land on the goat's cheese in the end as well was a little nod to Jack being allergic to so many things oh, and yeah. goat's cheese lactose intolerant people are more readily able to digest so oh, that's a little yay. nod to Jack too yeah. that's so cute <laughs> I hadn't even considered that yeah. yay <laughs> there you have it that was our discussion of your place or mine let us know your thoughts on the movie any shenanigans we may have missed or what cheese you think it is you can follow us on instagram at shenanigans and sue pod or you can email us at shenanigans and sue pod at gmail.com we hope you'll join us next time and until then you're you, you know, know what you are, are. bye bye she says that to him and the look that passes oh, between them. Beautiful. It's such a cliche that it's not you, it's me, but what a way to say it. Because she says it to him at the beginning where it's flirty and cute and then at the end. After she said, I'm in love with someone else, that's why this can't work. Oh, this is what I mean. Life is messy and timing is everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs>